0: draft talk today and the arizona cardinals need to remove the bird from their helmet you are locked on cardinals your daily arizona cardinals podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Come in Locked On Cardinals, Alex Clancy here. Follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Follow the podcast at Locked On AZ Cards. Thank you for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen each and every day, free and available on all platforms. I am your host, Alex Clancy. Again, please go and like uh, the YouTube channel as well. Just search Locked On Arizona Cardinals. Hit subscribe. Turn the notifications on. Hit a like on the video. Leave a comment. Join the family. Marcus Mosier from Pro Football Focus, but more closely to us, the host of Locked on Cowboys, is going to join me. One of the better draft minds that I've come into contact with in my 12 years or so uh, in this business. Uh, We're going to talk Cardinals draft. Two segments. I'm doing what I want to do first, though, in this segment. First, this episode of Locked on Cardinals, something else I want to do is talk to you about The sponsor of today's podcast is FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com/slash locked on today to get started. I put out on Twitter, and I've had a lot of great engagement. So thank you. If you're with me on Twitter again at Clancy's Corner, I tweeted out that if the Cardinals do in fact change their uniforms, and this was sparked by their uh, like their pro shop, their team store was being closed down for a few days. Turns out. Not because of an unveiling of new uniforms, but it just made me it it gave me a catalyst to, you know, talk about uniforms because it's something that we've talked about so much like, oh, God, they're antiquated. They're antiquated. Um, I think personally that they need to take the bird off the helmet. And there's a couple different reasons. Okay, so for the people who've been lifelong fans, just go with me here. First of all, appreciate your patronage. It's been it's been a tough go. The cardinal on the side of the helmet is the signifier of a perennial perennial losing organization. That's what it signifies: dysfunction, losing. And sure, they've had runs. I mean, you know, Kurt Warner. They made the NFC Championship game at the end of the 2015 season. You know, but hasn't been great. With that, it's not a total rebranding. I'm not saying change the name of the organization. I'm just saying try something fresh. And well, Alex, what do you think they should put on the side of the helmet? I don't care. I don't think I don't care if they put a a, a slice of cherry pie on the side of the helmet. Doesn't matter to me as long as it's not that bird. And this is not hate towards the history of the organization whatsoever. That's not what this is about. When the Cardinals are rebuilding for the upteenth time, maybe come out looking like a completely different organization because that's, if this goes to plan, what's going to happen? The Cardinals are being rebranded. They're being rebuilt. They're being retooled. They're being re-re-re-everything, Re-foundationalized, re-cultured everything. It is a hard reset on the organization. So why not look at what this uniform is and say, you know what? Maybe a fresh look would go well with a complete reset of the organization. That's just me. That's just me and I wanted to say it. So what should they put on the side? I don't know, like a bare helmet would be fine. Just black, just red, just white, just gray. I know that there was, there's was a gray color that's been floating around that I think is sexy as hell. They need to shift up the boring nature of the uniforms and what is the head of the snake as it were of the boring uniforms, the damn bird. I wanted to spend five minutes, I did. And now I'm done. Alex Nancy, Locked On Cardinals. Get rid of the damn bird on the helmet. Start fresh. Locked On Cardinals, your team every day. Marcus Mosier of Pro Football Focus. And again, more closely, Locked On Cowboys going to join me next for two segments to talk draft. Should they trade back? Is Will Anderson that much better than Tyree Wilson? Is Will Anderson that much better than Jalen Carter if the, if he's at three, even though he's had a tough offseason, whether it be his, you know, his workouts or run-ins with the law? I'm going to ask them all about it. That's next. Locked on Cardinals, your team every day. First, this episode of Locked on Cardinals is brought to you by FanDuel. The tournament is over, almost. We've got four teams left. Saturday, Monday, baby. No one seeds, no two seeds, no three seeds. But you know what is a one seed? FanDuel Sportsbook. New customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets back if they don't win their first bet. Fanduel.com slash locked on sign up today to claim your no sweat first bet. Then you can wager on everything from the money line to point spreads to which team will be cutting down the nets all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Don't miss your shot at a no sweat first bet up to a 1000 bucks when you join Fanduel today. Just go to Fanduel.com slash locked on to sign up. Make every moment more with Fanduel. This is someone who is very high in demand. This is someone who is, as I mentioned at the top of the show, one of the best draft and football minds that I've been lucky enough to come into contact with over the you know past decade plus I've had in this industry. Alex Clancy, Locked On Cardinals, uh, Marcus Mosier. dude. Hey, how's it going?
1: What's going on? I. What's going on, Alex? I'm uh, I'm excited that we finally finally get to do this.
0: Yeah, man. You know, it's it's Jimmy Hoffa's body and it's Marcus Moser, two of the toughest things to find. No, it's good. I mean, when you have friends that are busy, like we've been trying to do this for a while, and I'm glad that, you know, we were able to facilitate for both of us. So let's dive right into this. Will Anderson seems to be the bell of the ball. And this is the time of this process, a couple weeks out from the draft, where fans will look at who they trust the most, look at their mock drafts, be like, OK, I side with this. I try to challenge people here unlocked on Cardinals. I try to say, you know what, don't just be a mouthpiece for something somebody else said. Look, watch a little film, go to YouTube, watch Will Anderson, watch Tyree Wilson, watch Jalen Carter, watch Christian Gonzalez, Devin Witherspoon, like look at all of the guys that the Cardinals could potentially draft if they stick at three or trade back and kind of come to your own conclusion. Now for me, and you tell me if I'm wrong, if you if you disagree, I think this is a must trade back if the Cardinals can get anything salvageable to move back a couple spots do you agree or is will anderson that transcendent where you cannot pass up on him i think it depends on how
1: far you trade back right if you're trading back to let's say five or six or seven and you're getting a first rounder plus or just a boatload that you can't pass up on i get it i think Arizona's in a spot where they need to start stockpiling picks however I would not just trade away for the fact of trading away because I think Willie Anderson is special. Uh, I've been doing a lot of charting of edge rushers over the last 40 years. And here's the last, here's the list of edge rushers who've run a sub four, six, five 40 yard dash and averaged more than two tackles for a loss in their best season ever. It's Willie Anderson. And that's the list. He is special, special. We have never seen a college producer like him. And the fact that he did it at Alabama in the SEC against teams that knew he was the star on every single snap makes me believe that he is a generational edge rusher that I would be really nervous about passing on or trading away from regardless of the package that they get.
0: That's interesting. And and you know, that's I was afraid you were gonna say that. But here's the thing is like, first of all, if Indy wants to move up one spot to solidify, they get a second round and move back, get them anyways. No the scenario. No brain. Yeah, brainer. yeah, yeah. And I mean, barring and barring like Tennessee getting a stick up their rear and say, you know what, here's the Trey Lance package to move back to eleven, something like that. Sure. My the thing I'm struggling with here is Monty Austin Fort, Jonathan Gannon, et al, Michael Bidwell are going to need to unravel and rebuild all of the mistakes that Steve Kime has made. So what I've said, I've had you on here. Steve Kime never ate his vegetables in the first round, never drafted offensive line, never went interior defensive line, went ILB, ILB traded for a wide receiver. So I've said the Cardinals don't deserve to draft Will Anderson because of the state of the team. And I know that if they do, it's a win-win. Like, they're going to be terrible next year if Kyler Murray's out, and that's fine. They're going to have a top pick next year, it seems. But is Will Anderson that much better than Tyree Wilson or another edge rusher? Because I know there's a couple. Mm -hmm. Not at his. I know he's one of one. But, like, if the Cardinals were to get, say, a second and a third this year to move back two spots or something like that, giving up the chance for Will Anderson – Is there that much of a gap between him and everybody else? I think so. But I think the better thing for
1: Cardinal fans is the gap between pick edge rusher too. You mentioned Tyree Wilson, Tyree Wilson and the edge that you're going to get at 34 is not that significant. Like if Will McDonald, the the kid from Iowa state, he falls to the second round. I think that's a home run pick. And if you can drop back from three to seven and get a future first round pick and still grab the player of your choice at that spot. I think you almost have to do it because you mentioned the, like they need a couple meat and potatoes drafts right now, just to build up the middle of the roster and they need those picks. So I could see them doing that. But I want to ask you, Alex, Yeah. if it's not Willie Anderson at three and they trade away, let's again, let's assume a seven, who is the, the dream pick for you outside of Anderson?
0: I mean, the thing is for me is if it's not Will Anderson and the Jalen Carter thing's interesting because this isn't Laramie Tunsil 15 minutes before the draft. Like if the misdemeanors stay misdemeanors and that goes away, if he gets his keister back in gear, like if they trade back in a vacuum, I've talked to many smart people who say he, he may be the better choice at three over Will Anderson, depending need. it would be him, but it would also be to answer your question, like succinctly, Find a way to get an offensive lineman, trade back to eight, nine, or ten, and draft an offensive lineman because they need offensive line, interior defensive line, edge, and corner. But if you can't protect Kyler Murray, none of this is going to work. And I've said that since twenty nineteen, so it would probably be that.
1: And I agree with you. I, I just don't love the offensive tackles in this class. And pick whoever you want, whether it's Paris Johnson, Broderick Jones, Peter Skaronsky. I just, I think those are all like mid-first type of guys. And if Arizona drafting inside the top seven. I want an elite player. So for me, if it's not Willie Anderson, the only other player that checks every box that you want for a Cardinal, right? Athleticism production, important position is Christian Gonzalez. And I think as I think he is as good or better than Patrick Sertan, than JC Horn. I think he's better than Derek Stingley who went three last year. If that's their fallback option after Willie Anderson, I still think you're getting a, a home run player and you're picking up assets in this draft.
0: Yeah, and the, Marcus Mosier, uh locked on Cowboys and and uh, at Pro Football Focus. I agree. And that's the thing. It's like, you're going to get Christian Gonzalez and you're also going to for sure get a first if you're drafting him in yes. the first round. And then and then you put yourself in a scenario. All of these top teams now, aside from the ones who traded, you know, Seattle and and Philly who gets a pick, you're in the Caleb Williams sweepstake next year with another lottery ticket absolutely, just in case. So, and that that's going to be a fun conversation for the Cardinals. Do, do get the number one overall pick? Do you take four first rounders or do you trade Kyler Murray? Like that's, I have that on ice. I'm hoping that's not going to have to be a conversation, but that's the thing. And, and, and you know, that's fascinating that because the Cardinals have so many needs, as long as it's not a puncher in the first round, they're going to, they're going to fill a need now. Yeah. With Jonathan Gannon coming in, with Nick Rallis coming in, linebacker coach, who's now the DC, it's like, it makes too much sense to just say, you know what, just pick them. Just deal with it. Just pick them. It's not like a consolation prize, but it's a keep it simple, stupid thing. Now, you know the Cowboys very well, Mm -hmm. okay? And I want to ask this, we're going to jump back into the draft, but I want to give people some perspective on what I think is a abstract mirroring of the Arizona Cardinals organization in Dallas. And the reason why I say that is you've got an owner and a GM, I guess we can do Steve Kyman and Michael Biddle, even though, you know, Jerry's mm-hmm. kind of both over there where it's, I'm going to make a decision and I'm going to quadruple down on every decision in the, with one little clarity that I was right for like two seconds, all the money, mm-hmm. I was a genius and I'm going to show you why. And Steve Kimp did that with Teron Matthew. Paid him too much money. Did it? I mean, Zach Ertz and James Connor got big deals after they came over. Like, what does the other side look like? Like, what does success look like with ownership like that? Because the Cowboys have had much more success than the Cardinals have, at least over the last handful of years.
1: The good news is that you can take risk on players that other teams and other front offices don't want right uh because those guys are worried about losing their jobs yeah in arizona and in dallas they're pretty stable like in terms of the front office structure like not a lot's going to change there so listen if you want to trade down to seven or eight please pick up the raiders first round pick that's just like an extra lottery ticket that could help you get caleb williams and jalen carter still there you know what? Nobody's gonna criticize us too much if we pick Jalen Carter and he busts. It's not that big of a deal. We're probably the type of organization that can take on that kind of risk. That's how Arizona can get back to being, uh, you know, an actual contender. Is hey, this guy falls to the second round. He probably should have been a top fifteen pick. Let's uh, let's go ahead and take the gamble because we know the the upside is worth it.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, because it's you know, I see how Michael Bidwell runs his organization. It's like one of my favorite lines kind of tongue in cheek is he runs the organization as if they've won 10 Super Bowls? Don't worry. This is rudimentary. We got it. Look at the rings and they just don't have them there. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with the draft. If this is something like, you know what, if it's the Arizona Cardinals have been an overcorrection factory from, you know, Steve Wilkes to cliff to a defensive minded mm-hmm. from Steve coming to Mondia Austin for Like it's just been, it's been a, tough to write the ship when it's a seesaw, you know, going up and down in different directions. Marcus Mosier, I I do want to dive deeper into second round is, is, um, you know, is edge rusher, as you mentioned, going to be potent there a little bit, you know, and and that's something that I I even did a podcast where the Cardinals drafted two edge rushers in the first three rounds to uh, solidify that position. Is it wide receiver there? Um, I'm going to ask him more about that next lockdown Cardinals. Oh, like this. I just want the draft to be now, you know, like when you're 12 and you want your birthday to be, you know, it's two months away. You're like, I want it now. I want it now. Alex Nancy locked on Cardinals, Marcus Mosier locked on Cowboys and pro football focus talking Cardinals draft. Give me some second round gems because with the Cardinals, they draft highly in the first round and every other round. Uh, down the list. And they've had a little bit of success the top of the second round over the last couple of years. Byron Murphy was fine. Buda mm-hmm. Baker, they traded up to the top of the second round. That was probably Steve Kim's best pick as a GM, trading up and getting Buda Baker. Give me some buzz names for people to keep an eye on between now and, you know, the draft in April.
1: The good thing for Arizona is they're sitting at a spot in the in the second round where I think they're going to get a lot of talent at some pretty important positions. Let's start on the offensive line because... I mentioned how I don't love the the first round offensive lineman, but the guys that you get in the second round, I do like quite a bit. Osiris Torrance, the guard from Florida. I know that's who everybody has is the number one interior offensive line guy. Plug and play. My favorite is Steve Avila uh, from TCU. He can play four different positions for you. He was awesome in the championship game against Georgia. He was awesome against Michigan. I think he's somebody that Listen, Rodney Hudson not coming back, play him at center. You need him to play right tackle, play him at right tackle. I I think that would be a slam dunk pick for Arizona. And we should also mention some of the other tackles. Like, I won't be shocked if Daywan Jones falls to the second round. I don't think Darnell Wright from Tennessee makes it there, but that could potentially be an option. It just feels like 34 is going to be a sweet spot to grab a day one starter on the offensive line
0: yeah because I mean that's music to the cardinals Cardinals fans' ears because I mean I was we had our locked on NFL live draft show hosted by Peter Bukowski and others and Eric Crocker and they had me on right after they drafted uh or right after they traded for Hollywood Brown and then drafted Trey McBride and I was like I, Tyler Linderbaum could have been the center for this team for the next 15 years mm-hmm. and that's something that well like well Ronnie Hudson Ronnie Hudson Ronnie Hudson it took the last paycheck. And he he may bump up on an, on another squad, even though he said he's probably going to retire. What about what about uh, Luke Whippler from Ohio State? Center can play guard, I believe. He's a third round grade, but is have the Cardinals kind of have they priced themselves out of him because they draft so highly in the second round? Like is that a e- either he falls to the third, either he probably. falls to the third or bust?
1: Yeah, because I think John Michael Schmidt is pretty well regarded as the number one center in this class. And I actually think if that's the spot they want to go at 34, that makes a lot of sense. But uh, yeah, I think, I I think for Luke, that's probably a little bit too high. I think, I think you're hoping at that spot to get somebody that you have graded as a top 20 player. And I I just don't see Luke as being one of those type of
0: players. I do like to talk about dessert, even though I've always said Steve kind needs to eat his vegetables. And if the Cardinals draft a wide receiver in the second round, be like, you know what? It makes sense, especially if they move on from DeAndre Hopkins. Like, the Cardinals, again, have needs everywhere. Is there a stud that should be a first-rounder that could drop to the second round and be like, what in the wide world happened here? I won't be shocked if Quentin Johnson, the wide receiver from TCU,
1: falls out of the first round just because he's coming from a conference that Traditionally has not produced a lot of NFL receivers. We saw his pro day today running in the four fives, which is not ideal for somebody of his size. Uh, And I think a lot of these other teams in the back half of the first round, just like Jackson Smith, the Jigba and Zay flowers and Jordan Addison better. So I, I could see a situation where Johnson falls to pick 33, 34, 35. And really that's the type of receiver they need assuming they trade DeAndre Hopkins, they need somebody who can play on the outside. They can stretch the field a little bit. They have all these tiny receivers and Rondell Moore and Greg Dorch and Hollywood Brown, go get somebody that could play on the outside. I won't be shocked if that's who Arizona picks at number 34.
0: That's going to be a real stomach twister because if mm-hmm. somebody's there, as you mentioned, that's a need. The Cardinals will have a need at wide receiver, especially when Kyler Murray comes back. It's just like, What I've been struggling with, and it seems like at least with the Cowboys, putting again, putting the Cowboys hat on, that there's some sort of plan always. It may not be the right one, but Jerry's Mm -hmm. got an idea going into a draft. It feels like with Steve Kime, it's just been, this is the big board and we'll let other people decide who we're going to take. And it just never, and the Cardinals have been so ho-hum this whole offseason, which I think is the right move to, you know, to set themselves up for 2024. But if you're the Cardinals and you have the third overall pick and you get offered seven to move back or stay, are you 100% moving back
1: if you get a first next year? I say if if it's the Raiders offering me a first, absolutely. Because I think there's a legitimate chance that turns into a top seven pick again next year. And it's just – Again, we keep talking about the lottery tickets. It's another lottery ticket into the Caleb Williams soup stakes. I I think you have to, because as much as I love Willie Anderson, I called him a generational edge rusher. He's still a pass rusher, right? Like it doesn't change your franchise as much as a quarterback does, which Arizona very well could be in the market for next year. And if they aren't and they're holding the number one pick. Look how quickly you could trade that pick and get a King's ransom and instantly turn this franchise around. So I think if another team inside the top 10 is offering me a first round pick, I have no choice but to pull the trigger.
0: No choice, yeah. And that's why I have you on this podcast. Great minds, man. And then one thing before I get you out of here, I've been on the train of you extend DeAndre Hopkins. And I know I get what a rebuild is. Bunch of my Twitter followers don't think that I understand that. I know what a rebuild is. And I also know, that you can overpay a 31 year old wide receiver in 2023 to open up cap space and structure it properly for when Kyler Murray comes back in 2024, and you have DeAndre Hopkins and Hollywood Brown on the same field. Yep. Would you, as a 31 for a 31 year old wide receiver, PEDs injuries, even if you have him 12 games a year, would you extend DeAndre Hopkins or move him for a third and a fifth, which is? The high end of what you, they'd probably be able to get for him right now. I don't really see the point of
1: giving him away for a third and fifth round pick. I, I don't. Now extending him is a different situation, but I think Arizona is in a place where you can move some money around and you can you can you can do it. I think everybody assumes when you're in a rebuild that you have to get rid of every guy over the age of 28 years old <laughs> yeah. and you're starting fresh. Right? It's just not realistic. And it's also not a good way to do things, right? You need some leaders to show the other guys how to win. You need to show them how to practice. And that's one thing that DeAndre Hopkins does really well. It's like when he's healthy, he practices and he practices hard. So having a guy like that to help a rebuild isn't a bad thing. So if somebody, listen, if somebody wants to give you a first or second round pick during the middle of the season for DeAndre Hopkins, I think that's a different story. Yep. But pick 98 in 172 is not really doing anything for me
0: do the cowboys miss uh, amari cooper just a quick question oh yeah of course yeah and of amari course. cooper on his best day probably will not be a hall of famer even nope. if he wins two super bowls deandre hopkins it, it, it for my money if not a first balloter, will be a hall of famer he's on and he's uh, on
1: pace for it right
0: yeah. And I mean, he was on the Andre Johnson track in Houston. Nobody respected it. He didn't get the respect thousand yards, 10 touchdowns, thousand yards, take catches, everything. I'd much rather have DeAndre Hopkins for 11 games than Rondell Moore as your wide receiver two for 17. It's just, he's a needle mover. He, it, it doesn't matter. His speed has never been a thing like, so I appreciate that you agree with me on something else. Marcus, um, tell people where they can find you. Like you're all over pro football focus. Locked on Cowboys. Give me something else. Uh, Locked on
1: Dynasty. also host a podcast called The Power Ranking Show with Elliot Harrison, where we talk about every team every single week. Uh, make sure you check that out on Twitter. That's where we post all this uh, fun
0: and free content as of now. Beautiful thing. Team No Sleep, Marcus Mosher, yes. at Marcus underscore Mosher, M-O-S-H-E-R. Thanks for doing this, man. I really appreciate it. Of course, anytime. Alex Lancy, Locked on Cardinals. Mina Kimes, tomorrow. I'll talk to you then.